this is, you know, I think the true revolution is decentralization. That's the true revolution. And Bitcoins want it on money. I think they will. They, they definitely want it on money. But there's other aspects to decentralization that are going to help out everybody. Now, I think the Bitcoin community is saying, well, we're going to get to DeFi. We're going to get, you know, we're going to get to NFTs, but we're just not there yet. So give us five years till we get there. I would. I don't think some people would care about that at all. They just. They just think. And I. And I agree with the point that Bitcoin is is the best money that's been ever created, uh, and that the decentralized aspect in terms of making it unconfiscatable, uncensorable, and permissionless. Those three things that we're learning about right now with the Canadian issue up there. That's what makes it awesome. So as it is right now, boring quote unquote boring Bitcoin just as money. That's all it needs to be. There are some people that want to put DeFi on it. And want to put the you know NFTs on it? Okay, that's fine. If they but there's some people who are no 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 you can't have that. You can let people do what they're going to do. But I wouldn't say the consensus is like oh yeah we're going to add this that and the other. There are plenty of people, and I'm I'm one of them. If, if Bitcoin just is what it is today, that's fine for me. And you talk about being the world reserve currency one day. I don't think it'll be the world reserve currency. I think no. most people are idiots, and they will. St the dollar will still. They are slaves. We've seen what has happened these last uh, two years, and the dollar will reign supreme um, for the rest of my life. Uh, and I, I intend to live a very long time. Mo Again, people they will make it. Uh, they will make it a digital. It'll become a uh, a Fed coin, a uh, central uh, bank digital currency, and people will have accounts with the Fed. And they, if they say something wrong, they they can be turned off, and they will gladly do this. Gladly, there are people cheering on right now. The truckers, the, the, the banks can confiscate your money if you uh, sent money to the truckers. People are cheering that. They want to be slaves. So I think the smart people will find Bitcoin, and they have. And we just need to, for Bitcoin to be successful, just a small percentage of the world to be in, in it. And people can be slaves if they want to. I have no problem with that. I'm not here trying to convince idiots to be smart. I, I put it, I've talked publicly about this since 2013, 2013. If they're not going to listen, they're not going to listen. That's fine. People could do stupid things. People could shoot heroin. I, I don't think, I don't do heroin. I don't do drugs or anything like that. People are entitled to do what they're going to do with their lives, ruin their lives. I can only say so much. And if people aren't going to listen, they're going to listen. And there's some people that want to be freaking Moses to these people, okay? And want to be their savior. You're, I mean, if that gives you joy, I guess, but uh, uh, most of the time you're going to be wasting your time. So, uh, I'm the biggest Bitcoin fan in the world, but I don't need to see them. I don't need to say these extravagant things about it. Like, oh, it's everyone will use it one day. It's going to save the, the world. No, most people are idiots. 80 percenters and the 20 percenters. 20 percent of the people produce 80 percent of everything. The 80 percenters, most of them aren't going to get it. And people are like, look, the Canadian situation is, is waking everyone up. All these Canadians are going to buy Bitcoin now. Maybe some smart ones will, but again, most are, are happy and they like that their prime minister is pretty. That's all. They think that that will give them satisfaction in life, that he's pretty and he has nice hair and maybe they can dream about touching it one day. Men and women, both men and women, that, that's good. They don't, and if they're poor, they're poor. They're, they, they can live through their prime minister being a pretty man. And and if people were mean to him, he, sh he should take away their money. You see, who freedom is for terrorists. Freedom is for terrorists. So he is pretty. He's not a terrorist. And he should take away money 
from uh and if he and they take away my money it's fine too that's that's what that's my take on on the world right there <laughs> i love your enthusiasm man i definitely love your enthusiasm i certainly certainly share your feelings of what's going on in canada there it's it's an atrocity and you know and everybody should be donating a tank of gas to these truckers to help their cause right it's it's a peaceful protest i mean that's what that's what freedom is all about, right? That's what we're built upon, the peaceful protests. I mean, you know, we saw so many violent protests in the past that, that were, were unabated, right? And now, and now we have a peaceful protest and the government's coming down on them. So I support you 100% on that, 100% on that. I, I do think that crypto, all crypto, I don't care, most crypto is about flattening that curve between the ultra rich and the everyday people. You know, and that's kind of my message out there that that once you can get tokenization, decentralization, you know, once you can take, you know, as as Michael Saylor would say, a, uh, you know, a city block in Manhattan and tokenize that everybody like you and I get to participate in the upside of it. And, and that's where I think, you know, crypto solves a lot of problems in our world. I don't think income inequality is a problem at all. I don't. I actually don't think it's a problem at all. People, uh, why, why should I be jealous of that Bill Gates is a, a so many times richer than I am? Indeed, it, it, if people get into cryptocurrency, they they will become richer. They will they will bridge their own personal gap with uh, with Bill Gates. They shouldn't be caring about the gap per se. They should be comparing. Uh, should be worried about as individuals. What is going to improve their lives? What is going to give them freedom? And if if the upshot is closing the gap between them and Bill Bill Gates, then that's awesome. That's awesome, right there. But I, for, for me, it, it's it, it's it's about improving my life. And I think um, cryptocurrency it gives takes away financial power from the governments. It it is a true Bitcoin is a true free market uh, money, a true private money. And that is that is an innovation. Well, I mean, people, gold is is it's a be much better much better modern version of gold. Gold. You think people are like people keep saying they're these gold bugs that are stuck in 1983 or something like that. That the kids of today, who who are going to all of a sudden want something physical after for two years being locked up in their rooms, they don't even go to physical school anymore. I mean, it's out the door. It, it's been out. It's been gone for a while. That. They, the youth of today, we're going to want something that isn't digital. But now it's just a, a whole nother level. But again, the, the income inequality thing, I don't try to, you know, when, when I, I, I talk about Bitcoin, I don't try to say, that's not a selling point to, for me at all. That's not a selling point because I think people have to boil it down to, to the freedom aspect. And again, that people, as long as I'm free to use it, I, I think I think that is that is a major accomplishment right there. And uh, I, 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 people shouldn't worry about how much wealthier other people are. Uh, I mean, the income gap has increased in the United States, apparently, people say. At the same time, the poorest of the poor right now in 2022, compare them to the poorest of the poor in, in, in 1990. They've got these little computers in their hands for free. They're giving, they get free freaking smartphones now, all right? How much would that cell phone cost to produce in 1990? The equivalent of, of a smartphone back, if we were to go back in time to produce what Apple produces today, one of those things would have cost $5 million back in, to produce in 1990 because the technology really wasn't even there yet. So the poor of, of today, uh, I mean, are so much better off than, than the poor back then. I mean, the, the luxury. So there, there, well, is, there is definitely a trickle down when you, let, when you let the people free at the top, when you let everybody be free, that what is produced is incredible. So government, get out of the freaking way that that's uh what, what Bitcoin helps that when the, the government got in the way of the Canadians, the way you get around that 
is with Bitcoin. There are restrictions. And it, Bitcoin is a key to productivity in, in the now and in the future. All right. All right. So I love your rants. Um, but OK, I'm not talking about the, the gap between the rich and the poor. What I'm talking about is financial inclusion. All right. So if you're not an accredited investor in this country, you are withheld from many investments that 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 the everyday people like you and I are not allowed to participate in. OK, we are not allowed to you know, go to Wall Street. I mean, only the only the ultra rich are allowed to participate in these upsides. OK, only the ultra rich can buy the Constitution like the Constitution Dow for 40 million dollars. Right. You and I aren't participating in that. And I'm no, sure no, no, hung- no, 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 no. I could buy that if I have 40 million dollars. You're, you're, you're comparing two different things. To buy a, a pre-IPO of Facebook, we are restricted by the government. We are restricted by the government, not because of the cost of it, because they think we're going to uh, rip off an old lady or that we are an old lady. And we're going to get, I, I agree with you that anyone can buy Bitcoin. So and that Constitution Dow thing that you said, anyone could buy that. Anyone could, if they had $40 million, any, anyone could buy that. The, the government doesn't, that, that's the beauty of cryptocurrency, that anyone can buy there, there, there's not a rule it, it's permissionless you don't need permission from the government to, to buy these things um but but with the uh with the facebook ipo with all these th- you're right only the ultra rich can buy these pre-ipo stuff and that was the way it was for a long time and with bitcoin and i made a video in 2015 about this how it is like a facebook ipo right now in 2015 buy this thing because you were not allowed by the government to buy the google ipo pre-ipo pre- i keep i keep saying ipo the pre-ipos that the insiders you have to be an accredited investor that's the thing but you're so yes big cryptocurrency bitcoin whatever you want to call it you don't need permission you don't need to be an accredited investor that is freaking awesome right there that is freaking awesome yes Right, right. Okay. So, and also back to your point about the poor, I agree with you. Americans aren't poor, but you're either an American or you're, 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 it's, I think Bitcoin is a world currency, right? And, you know, there is a lot of poor in this world. There's a lot of people living on dirt floors, you know, eating off, eating off, you know, you know, who pollutes the most in this world, the rich and the poor, right? Because the poor are only worried about eating. The poor are only worried about surviving, right? And we don't see that in America. You're right. The poor in America got a 65-inch TV, Jordan's on, and a cell phone, right? And they're trying to look rich. They're trying to look rich while they're living in Section 8 housing, you know? So, so the, the problem is that the policy of America has corrupted, has, has corrupted the rest of the world and left, and left 50% of the world poor. Because of our policies, our monetary policies. No, 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 no. Have you ever seen somebody who lived on a dirt floor? Huh? Have you ever seen somebody who lived on a dirt floor? I traveled around Africa. I've been in Southern Africa, Mozambique. I was going to tell you, in 2015, I spoke, or 2016, I spoke at a conference in Harare, Zimbabwe, a Bitcoin conference in Harare, Zimbabwe. And I we told the people to buy Bitcoin then. they it is It opens the door to international wealth, to everyone who's got an internet connection and they've had the opportunity for quite some time to get into this. And I firsthand looked them in their eyes and told them to do this. Okay. But is that the thought of the United States of America? It's monetary policy that these people could have become, they could have gotten into this in 2015, 2014 and stuff. No way at all. The United States monetary policy is compared to the other, the, the it's, it's Compared to the rest of the world, it is a shining beacon on the freaking hill, okay, in terms of being an individual coming to be, uh, you know, compared to China, which is essentially very strictly centrally controlled, becoming even stricter right now, uh, or Russia, which arbitrarily changes 
You know, the United States has made these people poor. It's their, it's their decisions. The opportunity has been out there. Some of these people have, you know, they, they realize that they're, con- that they're living in stinkhole countries, okay, where their dictators are so corrupt. What I saw in Mozambique, what I saw in Zimbabwe, it's the corruption. What I saw in South Africa, they're leaders. So they, you get out of there. You can't be a tree. You get, and they, but be a tree and blame it on America. That's what most of the country, most people do. They stick in their country with their corrupt. Pakistani leader or whatever, and say, oh, reports, America's fault, death to America, their financial policies. No, leave, go on a boat to Europe or the United States. Plenty of them are doing that, okay? The opportunity, there is opportunity out there. I, I'm not, I don't buy the United States monetary policy as something that enslaves the rest of the world, okay? It is a, it is a, a finance, it is far from perfect what, what, what the United States is uh, at all, but they would get, so many people would give their left, you know what, to come here. And some of them do give their left, you you know what, to come here. They get off of that dirt floor. But there are plenty, as I said at the beginning, 80% of the people are, they're just going to stick with, they're going to be slaves. They're going to be happy to be slaves. And if they want to be slaves, let them be slaves. I'm not scapegoating the United States of America. I am not about blaming it all. I'm about like, the only thing I'm I'm about personal responsibility is the new counterculture. Okay. That's what I'm about. These people got to take personal responsibility instead of scapegoating the banksters or the United States, the banksters, my butt. I don't care what Bank of America, everyone complains. Oh, they're horrible. We're going to beat the banks. I don't care. I don't care at all. If we beat bank, we, who's we, I'm trying to make Adam Meister better here. I'm Bank of America can keep on doing all their weird policies that they want to do. Cut off the Canadians, cut off the this, cut off the that, cut off the conservatives. But don't play their game. Get in the pick. The option's been out there since 20, 2009 now. What? Why is still a scapegoat? All these people love to scapegoat the banksters, the banksters. Have you bought Bitcoin, you bankster hater? No, most of them haven't. They just love to complain. <laughs> it's it's um, That's the world we live in today. So I am... I'm very anti, anti-scapegoat. Uh, I guess that's the conclusion of that rant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, you're getting all this on tape right now. This is, I've, I've been on fire. I got, I got to get this raw freaking. <laughs> we got it. We got it all for you, baby. We got it all for you. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, yeah, I guess we're just going to have to disagree on that, Adam. Um, um, where did I want to go with it? Jeez, you knocked me off my rocker there, Adam. Yeah. I mean, because you know, you're, you're, you're all about, you know, you're so fortunate to, to get in 2013. I don't know what Bitcoin was. Fortunate? What do you mean fortunate? I was really? only, it was big. They were talking about it for five, four years already, dude. Smart, I talk, smart, it was early, my own whatever. money. No, my, it was a what, knuckle. I you were all money. of it. That's, you know, that's how, are you, how are you going to orange pill these other people that are sitting on a, that are sitting in a country that, that can't even afford food? They have to go recycle cardboard every day just to be able to feed their two children. I mean, I don't know how you orange pill these kind of people. You know, I mean, you have to get them out of that poverty. You have to, you know, I think that everybody has this basic necessity. And if as a Bitcoin community can pull them out of that poverty, then maybe they can contemplate how the future can be better. But when you're at rock bottom, you're not considering, hey, maybe I should put my damn money in Bitcoin. You're not even contemplating that stuff. You know, I get what you're saying that, hey, make the smart decision. Your life will be better, you know, but. But this person, the, the baby has malaria that, you know, there's no food on the table. I, I'm day to day with $3.12, you know, and I'm not contemplating Bitcoin. So I think that the stra- our strategy needs to pull everybody out of poverty. And I think the crypto world can fix that. The our crypto world can Why, why should there be our it. strategy? I don't, I mean, let, uh, there are plenty of people working. If that's, if that's your thing, then cool. I mean, I'm not, I'm not interested in, uh, you know, uh, getting, uh, Bitcoin to the, the far corners of, uh, 
you know, where they don't even have a cell phone coverage and it's it, and it's a malaria ridden swamp. Or you're right, they, they do have some uh, better things to worry about there there than, than money at, at, at that point. I mean, that's not uh, I'm not I'm not going into the malaria. Of, uh, I, I mean, I've traveled a lot, but that that part of my uh, traveling is over. Going going to the most uh, dangerous of, of, of places or the most uh, inhospitable of places. Uh, again, I I think uh, pre on that level, you preach freedom to, to people. Like the, your government is corrupt. Uh, don't put up with this. You know, try to save, try to get out of here type type of situation. Um, but uh, and uh, you know you. What you can do with that, I mean, just have some principles, I, I say to people. Just have, you know, have, have some freedom principles and the way they, they and, you know, you're asked questions about certain subject matters, stick stick with your principles. And that's that's what I try to do. So, I mean, I'm being openly honest with you. I, I can't, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to handle the, the uh, world world property issue. That's not, that's, that's not my thing here. That's a, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get into this to, to, uh, to solve uh, Malawi's, uh, you know, third world problem or, or something like that. <laughs> I think again for the Malawians that that have uh, that have cell phones and ha I would say and, and and have bank accounts or have Malawi money get the heck out of your currency do not hold your country's currency that that's what I it, to the poorest of the poor that's my advice do not hold your country's currency get into big Bitcoin get, get find Jack Mallers find uh, do, do something that that's the first step so there is a there is a uh, again. There is a level of people that don't have any currency whatsoever, obviously, and, and you just address them. But if you do have your country's currency, find a way to turn some of it into Bitcoin, and that's the, that's a good first step, I think. Right, right. I mean, my, I mean, my mission is that, or one of my missions is that you know it takes about uh, during Corona when they fed people at Bitcoin Beach, it took fifteen dollars every two weeks, you know, to feed a family of four. You know, I think that if every Bitcoin took that mission on to help feed a family of four every two weeks for $15, that, you know, that 50 million Bitcoiners could help bring 50 million families out of that poverty, out of that gap, and let them be able to focus on other things in my life and their life, you know, so. If people, so, if people voluntarily wanted to do that, that'd be a nice project yeah. to organize. But to, you know, to, to try to guilt Bitcoiners into it, they don't have to, just because someone has a need doesn't mean I have to give to them. I mean, at all, because I've done well for myself. I mean, that, that's the world that we live in. And again, I, I'm sticking with that principle here. But don't you feel fortunate, Adam? I feel for I feel fortunate that I made a lot of money on, on cryptocurrencies. And I feel like that, you know, I should I take that smart. fortune and pay I feel, it I feel smart that I used my head and I used logic and reason, seeing, I analyzed the world and I put it all together and I could see what the future was bringing with this, this that this was going to be a valuable commodity, that it was unconfiscatable, uncensorable, permissionless. And this, and it was, people were buying it for $200, between $200, between $200 and $700. That's what I paid for most of my Bitcoin. And people were telling me, you are being ripped off. It, you, people were making fun of people. Oh, you bought it when it was a thousand because it had it had gone up to a thousand dollars at the end of 2013, and people were saying, "Oh, look at all these people that got, are stuck at seven hundred and a thousand, and now it's two hundred dollars. You got ripped off." I feel I and I stuck with my premise, so I don't feel privileged or anything like that. I feel smart. I I I, I feel like I believe I don't give in the peer pressure. So many people sold, and then so and the same thing repeated when it went to twenty thousand. And I was telling everyone that I lived through this already. And most people, again, sold. They panic sold. And we're seeing it again. It got to 60,000 people. Like, oh, it's going to go back down to 20. It's going to go this, that, and the other. Again, I just, I, I have conviction. I, I feel like I've learned a lot more about society. Uh, that most people, given the peer pressure, they have no conviction in it at all. They have no beliefs. They just follow leaders. They follow the loudest, the strongest. That's what they, they can't use their own heads. So I have pride. 
I don't feel privileged or anything. Like I am proud of myself and my own decisions. And I all these people talk about luck. You're lucky that you were around in 2013. Everybody was alive back then, okay? If you weren't born yet, okay, then okay, that's that's a good excuse. But we were all there. We were on the internet. Were you watching cat videos or were you watching financial videos, okay? And there's a choice. There's a choice to be made. Were you like worried about Clinton and Obama or were you looking into your own finance? I made videos in 2016 during the election time don't get caught up in this Trump-Hillary BS. Learn about finance. I, learn about Bitcoin. I was, Colin Kaepernick was kneeling on September uh, of, of, of 2016. I said, I am never watching another NFL game until the Ravens make the AFC title game. I haven't watched an NFL game since then. What did I do instead of watching the NFL? I learned more and more about Bitcoin. Who who did it pay off? I wasn't, it wasn't lucky that I stopped watching those Guys, it wasn't luck that I I learned about Bitcoin. It was a I used my brain. Most people chose to watch the 49ers or the Packers, and that's their choice. I, I, whatever they weren't unlucky. That was their. They made an idiotic choice, and that's that's the world that I live in. You make freaking choices. Take personal responsibility. So, and they're the same ones that are screaming, "You're privileged. You're so privileged because you this that." You're an idiot. You made you made these decisions. I made I made the right decisions. You made idiot decisions. Don't try to use yeah. these words to guilt people. That, that, but that's the world we're living in, and most people fall for it today. Most people fall for it. Yeah, no, no, I agree 100%. I mean, that has always been my message. You know, everybody has a, a certain amount of free time during a day, and you can either use that time to make yourself better or to watch vampire movies or whatever the hell you're watching. The latest episode of Tiger King. I don't know, you know, but, you know, and I made that commitment in 2017 to get on that road. And, you know, and, and whenever you have expendable money, you got to put it in, in appreciating assets. And, you know, my favorite asset is crypto. So, yeah, I, I, I wish I got in as early as you, man. I'd be, be singing the same tune as you. But, uh, yeah, when, when somebody comes up to me and say, oh, crypto went down 10 percent, you know, my, my response is like, well, that's a Tuesday. Right. That's that's how things work yeah. around here. Right. Yeah. Right? That's how it's, it's, the people again. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen it all. I've seen it all. And I, I prepare people. I was like, there are going to be days when it goes down by a thousand. There's going to be days when it goes down by 10,000. I've been saying that for years. I mean, I can remember back in the day when it, the Bitfinex hack, when the Bitfinex hack happened in 2016, and it went from the 700s to the 500s, which doesn't sell like very much, does it? People were going crazy. People, I mean, it, it really affected. It was, it was, it was around after the Bitcoin halving in 2016. But you, when you got in in 2018, you said, or 2017? 2018, August 2018. That's, that was that's early that's early that's yep. still that's still early uh I, I learned that i learned that pretty fast like i thought when i got it in 2013 like uh there are these ogs that have been since 2011 i'm not early and it became pretty obvious pretty soon uh, i i was in super duper duper early but 2018 is still early things change. once michael saylor purchased uh made his announcement oh, yeah. that, that, that that he in the summer of 2020 it wasn't super early anymore. I still think it's early. It's just not super early anymore. That that was a big uh, turning point when when a big corporation like that is buying it for its treasury reserves. That that was a, that was a huge huge moment, a shift from super early to early. But you were you were early still. It makes who can you know? I I paid seven hundred dollars for Bitcoin. You paid you know four thousand dollars for Bitcoin. It, if it's a hundred thousand dollars, it really doesn't make that big of a difference uh, right. it's for someone watching this in the future. <laughs> No, 100%. So what do you think about like DAOs and NFTs? What do you think about the market that on DAOs and NFTs? Well, I think from living through the uh, 
the uh, the ICO. I lived through the ICO madness of 2017. Uh, 26. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. It was it was 2017. It was 2017 was the ICO madness. Okay, and I saw everybody and their mother start an ICO. Most of them were just you know they printed tokens for for the heck of it. You know they were they were, they were most ridiculous things in the world. Um, but the concept of you know, being able to sell uh, you know interest in, in your company or or your project. I thought that was unique. I thought that was cool. Uh, and most of them failed. So again, with the, the DAOs, I think most of them will fail. Most of them are nonsense. The NFTs, most of them are nonsense. Um, but people should be free to do them. They are they, they are innov innovative. And I, I could see them applied. I mean, I think this metaverse thing is going to be tremendous. Tremendous. Um, and I, I've said that before. But And, and I'm going to clear this up for people too. The metaverse is not Bitcoin. The metaverse goes way beyond money, okay? These, some of these things aren't trying to be money at all. They're just trying to be rare, collectibles, this, the other. So, and different forms of governance of organizations. And, and you know, some of these DAOs, they try to say they're decentralized. They're not really decentralized. You, you said one of the things you'd love about crypto is the decentralization aspect. And I don't think some of these DAOs are as, as decentralized or decentralized at all. They're totally centralized and could sure. run away. So there are going to be a lot of scams. I, I mean, it's going to be a lot like the ICO thing, but they they will be winners at the end. They, it will mutate into things that we cannot even imagine right now. So, and I don't want the SEC regulating any of this, any of this. Some, in a sense, a Bitcoiner can look at the, the, the NFTs and the DAOs as shields for Bitcoin. In a sense, that the Elizabeth Warrens of the world are, can easily go after some of those centralized ones, make examples of them, Tell their, their lame, her lame constituents, her screaming Karens, look, I stopped these evil people that were ripping you off, and, and this DAO got closed, this NFT place got closed, and I'm and she forgets about Bitcoin, which is kind of cool. But I'm not, in, I'm not into, and I'm sticking with my principles. I don't believe in any regulation, okay, at all. I, I don't believe in any regulation. So I don't think, I think it's crazy that 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 people should cheer on the destruction of. Uh, NFTs or encourage these horrifying people like Elizabeth Warren to go after these. You're, you're horrible. You're you're a bootlicker if you cheer on people like Elizabeth Warren to shut down some NFT. Okay, I, again, I'm not buying NFTs. I don't. I think so many of them are ridiculous. But I can see how kids would love them now because again, kids don't like physical stuff. They love. I mean, for, for I I'm a I grew up a huge Baltimore Orioles fan. Orioles fan. I. Uh, I had baseball cards. This is the future of baseball cards. There's no doubt about it. The NFTs are the future of baseball cards. There's no yeah. doubt about it. So, uh, but uh, yeah. So I that that's my take. But they're not money. That that's it doesn't compete with Bitcoin. It's it's apples and oranges. You know, trading a, a, a Trey Mancini uh, NFT is is not like uh, it's not like buying Bitcoin, buying and holding Bitcoin at all. There's nothing like it. <laughs> and, you know, there's a liquidity issue. There's all, all sorts of things that, that that come in. But so yeah. If people want to do their DAOs and people want to do their NFTs, that's cool. And I know I, I, this is not, it's not my thing. Do you think Ethereum is money? Um, it could be. I think Ethereum is going to stay the number two cryptocurrency on Earth. I think I have a saying: Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin, and Ethereum is the next Ethereum. There are a lot of people like to say that Ethereum is a scam, and Ethereum is. Uh, and another thing that you said beforehand that you know, let, you know, maybe maybe Bitcoin will be the winner when it comes to money. Uh, let, let them compete. Um, I, I'll say this: um, it's it, Ethereum is is going to be. It hasn't. Ethereum is can do a lot more things than Bitcoin. 
It could, there's no doubt about that. We could agree on that. Ethereum could do a lot more things than Bitcoin. Bitcoin is staying, it's staying at the top. It's already stayed at the top despite all the stuff that Ethereum can do. So it's an apples and oranges type of situation. They're going in different different directions. It could do – so people can – it's not as good. It, it's money in a way. It is money in a way, but we don't – it's not a reliable financial – there's some reliability that that's that's <laughs> what, what is, what's your issue with reliability this is, this is what i'm trying to say bitcoin's monetary policy isn't changing and that reliability well, that boring makes it number one in terms of money number one bitcoin ethereum is changing it, it, i mean it, it's going from proof of stake to proof of work it, it's going to go to sharding it's going to bring down uh, the, the the price of, uh, you know, right now it's very expensive to send an Ethereum. So all these changes are going to be made on the main chain, okay? And with Bitcoin, you know what you're getting. It isn't changing. There are going to be 21 million of them. Ethereum, we're still not sure how many they're going to be. So it, it, it lacks that monetary policy reliability, but it does a lot of, it does a lot of interesting things that go way beyond money. So I don't think it should be killed. I, I, I want, I buy Bitcoin for you know, for buying and holding for stability, I it's it's not so. There are going to be a lot of people buying Bitcoin for its stability reasons. Okay, that's not the reason you buy Ethereum. You you, you buy it to build to build all these some things that I don't fully understand. Okay, so it, it you know the DeFi stuff and all this it doesn't does a lot of things easily. Uh, the smart contracts. Okay, Bitcoin to do a smart contract thing, it's it's cumbersome, but it wasn't made to do that. Now. People can make it do that. Okay, cool. But Ethereum does that. But Ethereum, again, the monetary policy is changing. That is admitted. We don't exactly know how many they're going to be made in the future. And so Bitcoin, in terms of money, Bitcoin is a better money than Ethereum. But you can argue that Ethereum is its own futuristic type of money. I mean, we're, we're living in a golden age here where what, what money is is being totally redefined. All right. And, uh, you know, you could do smart contracts with your money, but you're going to be able to do smart contracts with FedCoin also. Is that necessary? <laughs> and, and get yeah. stuck in, in terrible situ slave situations there also. So there's, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. But Ethereum is, there is no next, you know, there are all these coins that try to be Ethereum killers. They're gimmicks. They're, they're gimmicks. I know it's, it's Bitcoin has already placed itself on top of where it's going to be. Ethereum has placed itself on top of where it's going to be. People try to say MySpace and Friendster and Facebook, all this stuff. Dude, back in the day of Friendster, okay, a few years later came MySpace. And then shortly after came Facebook. You know, there were four or five competitors and Facebook won, okay? And, and it was in a very short period of time. We've been doing this for 13 years. There have been thousands of competitors to all these. And Bitcoin and then Ethereum have been one and two throughout, well, since 2016 when, when Ethereum came yeah. around. So, um, again, and this doesn't make me some Ethereum pusher or anything. People are going to say, oh, you said Ethereum, you're not a Bitcoin guy. No, I can say, I can talk about these things. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Ethereum is the next Bitcoin, is the next Ethereum. <laughs> Excuse me. Because all these other coins try to, some of their gimmicks are, we're the next Bitcoin, we're the next Ethereum. No, they're not. There's only one next Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin. There's only one next Ethereum. It's Ethereum. And if you don't like that, then whatever. You try to, you're free to market your centralized coin. Anyone's free to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's just a matter of time before the Lightning Network gets smart contracts and takes a, a big chunk out of that market for for everybody who is who is a bit you know on the Bitcoin side of it. But certainly, you just said how big you know the metaverse is going to be, 
and Ethereum's the the leading you know uh, uh, you know exchange of value in the metaverse right now. So I think that market could be astronomical, and I don't know who's going to win. Whenever somebody talks about Cardano, Solano, all those, I just think there's enough room for everybody. There's already proven placeholders. There's already a king and a queen, Bitcoin and Ethereum. And then who else knows? Nobody really knows. And all these bets on when it's going to go up, when it's going to go down, nobody really knows that. It's just a matter of time. It's just a waiting game. And, you know, I'm, you're, you're so fortunate. I'm so proud of you for getting in so early, man. That's, that's just incredible. That's incredible. So where do you want to go from here, Esteban? I think we're good. Do you have any questions for us, Adam? No, I'm not into destruction at all. There's so there are so many people out there that think these altcoins and everything else should be destroyed. I don't think they should. I think they should do. Anyone should be able to do what they want to do. If someone wants to print their own money, they should be able to print their own money. I have no problem, but I'm not buying it. Uh, and I, I mean, I I only own Bitcoin, and I've been in this since 2013, and I've never sold a Bitcoin. Thus, I you can understand why I can travel across the country and pick my nose all day if I want to, or run around naked or do anything. I never sold a Bitcoin in my life. So, but okay. I, I, I bought quite a few. So it's, uh... yeah, let, me, <laughs> let me play on that. I get so irritated, right? So I'm not a maxi, right? I believe that, that I don't know who's going to win. I believe that Bitcoin will win on the financial front. I think it'll be the world's reserve currency someday. They're, they're certainly going to be a winner, but I also see this uh, metaverse. I see the play that's going on in the other side, but man, when my friends tell me that they sold, I just get so irritated with them. I'm like, you're only in this for the money, man. I'm a believer, right? I'm a believer in this. I, I believe that this will be everything. And I have never, I started in 2008, in the winter of 2018, buying Ethereum at 75, Bitcoin at 3,000. And uh, I've never sold one penny of it. And I've been, I've been a hodler ever since. So I agree with you on that point, man. These people that, you know, I got guys that claim to be crypto experts selling or, or, or selling, you know, you know, selling on the high, buying on the low. You, who the hell can ever predict when that's going to happen, right? Exactly. Buy and hold. It's boring. That's what I do. So that's what I am. I'm just, I'm just a buy and hold. I don't, I don't, I don't flip. I don't try to be a trader. These young guys say they're, they're, they're magnificent traders. I've seen them all come and go. I, I've seen the cycle since 20, so many dudes who were saying things in 2015, I mean, they're selling used cars now or something, or I mean, they're selling sofas. I don't know. They're in the medical field. Some of the people became medical experts, you know, in 2020. It's nonsense. You got to, you know, part of doing well in life, you know, is sticking with your premise here and you know, not leaving. So yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not insane. Like some of these people, there's like a Bitcoin inquisition out there. If you say one thing, they, they try to cancel you and whatever. I don't feel the peer pressure from anyone. I'm I'm a unique beast, as they say. I encourage everyone to you know do what they're going to do. And you know, you might be wrong, but just to do what you're going to. But don't destroy other people. My lord, don't don't wish for the destruction. I think let let the best man win, and that's a, that's the that's the true free market. Okay. <laughs> so Adam, one hundred percent. Thank you for for coming on with us. Uh, we're the we're the rarestdow.com. You can go to our website and check out our project there. Uh, where we're a DAO and an NFT project that we're trying to uh, help, help help shrink the gap between the ultra rich and the everyday people. That's the rarestdow.com. It should go this way right here, the rarest DAO. So thank you, Adam. How can people get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you? All right. You see my name down there? Follow me on Twitter at TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. That's like technology Baltimore, you know, 
where I'm from originally. You can go to disruptmeister.com and watch all my videos at the Bitcoin Meister channel. Pound that like button, people, uh, if, you, if you're on YouTube right now. And uh, yeah, that's just Google Adam Meister, go to YouTube, whatever, Bitcoin Meister. I, I've been in this for a while. And you, you can see me at the Miami Bitcoin Conference in April. Uh, it's going to be that's going to be a big one. April sixth to 9th is the Bitcoin Magazine Conference, and uh, yeah. All right, we'll probably see you down there, Adam. Thanks for coming on the Thank Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Talk to you later.